Welcome to the Inspired Women Podcast. I am your host, women's empowerment coach and motivational speaker, Megan Hall. And on this podcast, I'm going to connect you with inspirational women who will share their real stories. And we're going to chat about topics relevant to women today. I'd love to continue to support you on your life's journey. Please join us in the Inspired Women community on Facebook. Thank you for tuning in today and enjoy the show. Hey guys, today I'm here with Gail Page. See, Gail and I, we have a we have a long-standing relationship here. I've known her for several years, and she's a really awesome woman. And last time I saw her, we were talking about the podcast, and I was like, why don't you come on, Gail? Come on my podcast. So Gail Page is the president of Complete Professional Connections. Gail is referred to as the queen of networking, and I have seen her in action. This is not, this. she deserves that title and so much more. Um, she has a unique ability to connect individuals and see a bigger picture. Gail is a business consultant for corporations and individuals. She has helped countless clients develop strategic marketing plans, create targeted business initiatives, and write networking plans to help them achieve their professional business goals. Gail has worked in many industries and truly becomes an expert in your field. She is a sought-after speaker on the subject of networking and building relationships. Some of her speaking engagements have included the Virginia Women's Business Conference, Modern Femme Conference, Business Women of Loudoun. Yep. Okay, I got it. Empowering Women's Conference of, at, at Radf Radford University, American University, Johns Hopkins University, and the National Veterans Small Business Conference, because you are a veteran. I am. Gail yes. is a veteran. Well, thank you, Gail, for your service. And we actually have a lot of military spouses that listen to the podcast. So they're probably thinking right now, Gail is a total badass being in the military. <laughs> You know, I can't imagine back when you were in the military that that wasn't an easy feat. No, it was uh, in 1980 was the first time women were allowed in the academies. And then um, I came in in 1985. And so, yeah, it was a very different. I didn't know any different because I was just young and eager and excited and got out of Vermont by going into the Air Force. So it, to me, it was like, no big deal. Let's just do this. Wow, that's amazing. So I wanted to talk to Gail and, and have her on to talk about relationships. She is the queen of networking. And a lot of times I say relationships and people think marriage, but relationships span way beyond marriage. Uh, so Gail, tell, tell us a little bit of how did you, what interested you the most in networking and relationship building? Because they go hand in hand. They do go hand in hand. And, and what prompted it was I had been in the well, started in the Air Force. I was a medical administrative specialist. And then I went, I worked in hospitals and then private practice and then realized that I wanted to do something more. And so when I, I realized that I always built relationship with my patients, with wherever I was, in whichever organization. But I realized too that I kept in touch with people. And then when I got a job doing business development, I, they were like, go do what you do. And I'm like, ooh, what, is, what do I do exactly? And I didn't realize that I had this talent for making people feel special and really working with them to see something different within their business. How do I help them? And then I realized I was doing all these things and then I needed to hone it in and really make it a system so that it could work and I wouldn't be exhausted all the time. So building relationships was really a conscious effort to genuinely care about other people and be in present time with them, remember them, remember what was important to them. And I just took it. 
I don't want to say to the next level, but to the next level because I utilized it in business. I utilized it with all the nonprofits that I worked with. I utilized it with my kids and their volleyball moms. And for those of you that have kids in sports and you're a soccer mom, volleyball mom, basketball mom, these techniques help in all those situations when you're feeling mom judged. And I was the only single mom, so I was mom judged a lot. Um, not just um, covert, covertly, but overtly as well. They would actually tell me to my face that I was this or that and just, yeah. So it's been an interesting walk on that. But to build relationships, number one thing is to be present with the human that you're with. Yes, and if anybody has ever met Gail, mm -hmm. You feel like you are the only human that is present with her when you're with her. She she won't be looking at her phone. She won't be looking around looking for the next person she talks to. She will literally look at you like you are the only person that matters at that moment in time. And it makes, it does, you're right. It makes people feel very special. It, it, it makes people feel like you care and you do care. Like you... Gail has this wonderful way of giving 16 second hugs. <laughs> well, there's a, a little for that. Tell us the reason why you give 16 second hugs. The reason why I give 16 second hugs is um, you, there's a transfer of energy. And you're really like, I'm sure many of you, you can do this with your kids and they're like patting you on the back, especially if you have 13 to 17 year olds. But that that's this, there, there's a connection there. There's a, a settle down. I've got you, you've got me, we're together, but truly there's a transfer of energy at 16 seconds. And that's when all the, the walls break down and people know I'm with them. They're with me. They don't have a choice. Like, like I know it's a control thing, obviously, but that's really, I want them to be with me. And that's what it takes. It really takes that. And tell me, tell us a little bit about the kind of reactions you have gotten from people during this 16 second hug. Oh, it, it is, you know, the, okay, and they're patting me on the back, or they're fidgety, or they're, like, trying to squirm away, but once they've done it the first time, they already know, like, girl, you're going to hug me now, like, this is what's going to happen, it's, you're going to have to stay here, but it's also a very warm, I'm not, okay, I'm not stalking or creepy to anybody, so let's <laughs> go there first, but it is, it's a very warm, loving, you're with your people now. And that's, so the difference that it starts off and that's, I, I tell people this, it's just as simple as a handshake. So I teach people what to pay attention to when you're networking for handshakes. Have I gone through this with you yet, Megan? I believe I've heard it, but you yeah. tell everybody about the handshake. It. Yeah, let me go through it with everybody. So when you shake somebody's hand, there's, there's, you have to be in present time. You have to be aware because when they go to reach for your hand, depending on where the web of your thumbs connect is the level of trust that that person can give to you don't force a handshake let them come to you and then you just respond in kind because if the web of their thumb can hit the web of your thumb and it's a really a nice handshake it doesn't take as long for them to get to trust you but if it's anything away from the web that's the, as much energy as it's going to take me to get them to trust me. There are trust issues there for whatever reason. Again, it's not my stuff. That's their stuff. It's my job to honor them where they are and to really get to know them and understand them and build the trust because I know it's going to take a lot longer for that particular person. So when people are hugging, it's the same thing. They're not comfortable with it. Um, 
And a lot of this started when I, I worked for a chiropractor. And as a marketing tool, I would go out and do seated chair massage. In our state, it's not against the law. I could I had them fill out information. And what I realized was humans don't touch other humans. We've become such a stale technology driven that there's no hand holding, there's no there's no just, you know, how many times do you hug your husband and rub his back or just sit with your kids and hold their hands? Those things don't happen. And I got hit on all the time. Men, women, married women, young people, older people, it didn't matter. And I just really, I started researching about human touch and how it was so necessary. Infants need it so they can grow. Um, so we as, it never stops. We need it. It's good for us. And that's what I, I, I like to give. So I like to give back in that way and teach people that it is a safe place here. It's you and me, there's trust. And that's what a relationship foundation is built on. I love that. And I'm a hugger and I tell people that all the time and it <laughs> makes people really awkward. Like awkward. I may have met you like five seconds ago and we say bye and I'm like, come on, let's bring it in. I want to hug. Yeah. Uh, Cause I am like the person that you're talking about. Like, do you rub your husband's back? Do you kiss him all the time? Do you touch him? I, he's not, he's not as, um, physically affectionate as me so sometimes he's like can you just lay off <laughs> holy crap and my son is just like me he's a super hugger he'll hug strangers in the store and um he'll tell people how wonderful they are and he wants to touch you you know and and let you know that he's there and he does that and it, it does it makes you feel so special like when he does that to me i'm just like thank you buddy you know like i could have a bad day and be standing there and he'll just come up and like wrap his little arms around me. And I'm like, Oh yeah, I feel better now. Thanks, bud. (laughs) It makes you feel good. And I love the way that you make people feel comfortable and that you really care about them. And the one thing I really love about you, Gail, is you're not a trash talker. Like I I do my best never to do that. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, serve me. (laughs) Yeah. You find, but you find people that like will make snide remarks or, you know, uh, like not full up, like say mean things, but we'll have like this undertone. You don't even have the undertone. Like oh, <laughs> how, how do you do that? Cause a lot of times, you know, I know there's gotta be people out there that piss you off, like <laughs> and irritate the crap out of you. How are you able to still be present? And I don't want to say act like nothing's wrong, but like not use that against somebody. Well, I think, I, I, a few years ago, I changed my words, and and I appreciate that. Thank you, by the way, because some days I'm not I'm not sure I'm really good at that, but I do pay I do try to pay attention to that because it's important to honor people. I I used to say, oh, just you know, I can tolerate that, and I realized who am I to tolerate anyone? That was such a horrible. It, once I you know guilted myself through this, and I said, how about I switch the word to honor? And so mm. really truly, truly honoring because you're in a different place than I am and, and everybody's in a different place and really recognizing that if I'm in this and I'm 100% present with you, my stuff doesn't matter. That's, that's for me and my coach or me and my person, you know, that's not for me to bring into my relationships with other people. And I, I really do believe that is it, it is challenge. I manage 30 women at work, you know, my full time day to day. And, and I tell them 
it's not up for me to share how I feel about any of you or any of your private stuff, the things that you're going through. So I think there's a lesson in that to really work on as a leader. It's not up to me to do that. My job as a, a leader and a coach and a consultant is to truly get people to develop the best them that they can develop. And it's just me giving them, you know, a ladder or a rope or something to help pull them up to where they need to be. And so when I'm with people, I truly am with them. So I'm not, I'm not trying to judge them because Lord knows we've all been mom judged. Mm -hmm. So I, I try not to do that. I just try not to be a hypocrite when I'm doing things. Yes. And last time we had a conversation, I was very upset about something that happened to me. And I was, I was going off a little bit. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest here with my audience. I try to be pretty transparent. I was going off. I was saying some stuff I'm not super proud of, but Gail just sat there with me and she reflected and asked me some really like really honoring. I, I'm used honoring. Yes. Questions. Not like judging. Not like you shouldn't be saying that. Like, who are you to judge? You were just so present with me and ask me questions to help me kind of like reflect on myself like inner reflection like is this what I really mean like is is this where, where am I coming from with this you know to help me kind of process that crap that was going on and um I love that you do that because that really has helped me heal from this over the last couple months right to where I could think about the words that we exchanged and the reflection that you gave to me, but then also take that forward to where now thinking about that or even thinking about the people involved, I'm more like, I don't want to say numb, but numb is more like there's no emotion involved in that. Like I'm not like angry. I'm not like wanting to take, you know, take people down because at that moment I want to take everybody down. <laughs> Just let's go. Um, but I love how you are exactly the way you said you were honoring me. You weren't judging you were being there. So when have been, there been times that you have personally felt judged? Oh, let's, you know, okay. So my kids are 28 and 25. Let's go back to, um, let's go from 2002 until 2016. Like, I mean, there's always times where you, I have felt judged because well, I, one, you do it to yourself as a mom. So all of you moms out there, you're going to do it. You're, did I do this right? Did I do that right? Are they wearing the right clothes? Are they doing the right thing? Am I messing them up so horribly that I can't do this anymore? Um, in business, I've been judged because I've always worked a, a full-time job and then had my business as a part-time job because that's what I wanted. It suited my needs. It does suit my needs. And people are like, well, you should do this and you, they should on you. Don't let people should on you. Right. And I'm like, Oh, I'm such a failure. I'm such a this, I'm such a that. And, and then I realized I'm like, no, this has served me well for me because I can then separate things because when I spend an hour or two with a client, that's a lot of energy. It's a lot mm -hmm. of time. It's a lot of stuff. And sometimes, right? You're like a praise. Hallelujah. Right. And and so but I want to give them the best that I can give them. And I knew if I had to hustle, because working on your business and being in your business, and that is a lot of work. Mm -hmm. And it's a lot of hustle. And to me, I'm like, okay, I that that day job I have is a lot less hustle than this. And so I wanna pace myself, do what I need to do for what my ultimate goal is. My ultimate goal is to be a motivational speaker all the time and 
well, I already told you my dream, right? So I'm going to be in a stadium with 50,000 women. I don't know what my message is. I'm waiting on the message. Um, but I heard something the other day that's really cool. May I share it? Yes, share away. Learn how to make your mess your message. Yes. Right? So I did a TED Talk, a TEDx Talk about my story and about overcoming abuse so for those of you out there, you can YouTube my name and it's there. And um, I'll link it up in the show notes, inspiredwomenpodcast.com. Oh, yeah, perfect. And um, I cried through the whole thing and was, I didn't realize until I walked into the um, theater that it was actually going to be available nationally. Like, or, or, you know, anybody could watch this. And I, I never thought that big at, when we were talking about the planning and doing all that stuff. So, um, I feel like all through all of that time, there was judgment because I, nobody knew I was a victim. Nobody knew that I was a victim of, of abuse and nobody knew that I had struggled and that I, I was 35 when I finally got my degree. You know, once I got my degree, it didn't matter when I got it, but there was all this stuff about, well, why did you do that? Why did you do that? And, and now at this age, I can say like, everything's led me to where I need to be everything every um, every diagnosis because we just went through that with my oldest daughter my youngest daughter being diagnosed with a brain tumor mm -hmm. in years ago and um, you know what's the next step you know did I do something to cause this did I, all that stuff but the number one person I that judged me the most is me mm. yes that's the number one person that judges me the most. And right now I'm reading Gabrielle Bernstein's Judgment Detox. It's, it's an amazing book. It's very powerful. And I'll link it up in the show notes. So if anybody wants to grab a copy, they really should. But in that, she talks a lot about you. You know, you as the individual, how you have to forgive yourself and you have to release the judgments around yourself because we are all imperfect humans on this earth we're all souls having a human experience, right? <laughs> we're we're going to make mistakes and that's how we learn and that's how we grow. And I love how you link it all back. Like if somebody's ever seen you speak, yo, you're a powerful speaker. And I can totally see that vision coming true for you because you are a very powerful speaker. And they probably think, man, Gail really has her shit together. But <laughs> I love the fact that you are so transparent in everything that you do that you're willing to say, I cried throughout my whole TEDx talk. I really did, you know, or, you know, I had these judgments about myself and I, I think that's why you're so power, such a powerful person is because you are willing to show people that shadow side, that mess side of you, yeah. you know, you're not hiding that from the world and that's a beautiful thing. So you talked about domestic violence. Nisha was actually on my podcast in October. Nisha. Yeah, I sit on the board for Grow Foundation. So yay! Yes, yes. I'll have I'll have to link Nisha's episode up in the show notes as well. It was a very powerful episode about domestic violence, and she's a she's a, a really amazing person. Um, so how did that feel? Had you ever shared your story before, like your domestic violence story before that time? Not publicly. I had always just you know put it in a, a category of bullet points. So this happened, this happened, this happened. And, and that way it was easier for me to like, I grew up with a parent that was like, you know, put your big girl panties on and, you know, you want to play, go play with the boys. I have four older brothers. So for me, it was never, you know, 
Barbie dolls and girlfriends. It was like, you got to go play cops and robbers and, you know, cowboys and Indians and play football. And I'd always just done that where I just put it, put it in bullet points. You know, you're going to pick a, okay, that happened. Now we're going to go through it. And this, you know, it's going to be better eventually. Um, but don't cry about it. Get over it, you know? And so I had never done it publicly. I'd never done it. And there was a group of people that I was in a, a networking organization with and they were there supporting me and they never knew. They had no idea. They knew I was divorced and that my kids were fantastic. And you know, they were, I was putting them through college and all of that, but they had no idea, no idea. And so, um, all that big gulp, like, I just shared this. Go me. <laughs> you know, like, but it, I think that that's, it, it, when you're ready to talk about it, you'll be ready. And, you know, th this is somebody who just said, hey, I want you to come do this. And I said, okay, let's do it. You know, no idea. None whatsoever. But, hey. Did it help you on your healing journey? Absolutely did. Um, one of my friends is actually a psychotherapist and she was like, you know, I'm going to give you some techniques to, to help you with this because it's still so raw. Mm -hmm. And there are times that I'm not joking. Like I, I've been divorced for 16 years, 17 years. And there are times that there's still flashbacks where I'm like, Whoa, what is that? And now at least I can process it and say, is that something that my current relationship that is that him? Is that my stuff? What's going on? And, and, I told you I am writing a book. Whose shit is it anyways? Like yeah. mine, yours or ours, because that really has helped me process and go through that. The other thing that helped me a great deal was I did a program for mirror drills, being able to look in the mirror and tell myself, I love myself. And it took, yes. me, it took me seven years to get to the point where I could actually look at myself and say, I love you without vomiting, crying, breaking out into hives, itching, uh, you you name it, like diarrhea, all of it, just shakes, freaking out. Seven years it took me to get to that point. And at that point, I knew nobody could ever come in and love me more than I love myself. Mm. And it was, it was strong. So, but that, all of those combinations of events have helped me to say, all of these things were choices. I made better choices. Yes. And I love how that you brought up in your relationship that you get triggered sometimes. I still do. Um, even though I've done a lot of healing myself uh, with my abusive relationship, but if my husband raises his voice, not like yelling at me or anything like that, he's just a naturally very, he has a very booming voice. He's like, um, if he raises his voice, I get like anxiety. I start to like um, tear up. I get scared. I, you know, and I have to like calm myself down. I'm like, you are safe. You are loved. It's okay. And I still have like night terrors and we're not sure if it's caused by that abusive relationship or other crap that's in my past that we're <laughs> working through with a therapist. That's great. Um, but I have night terrors and he has to do the same thing to me where he like, I don't know that I'm having them, but he will tell me, you know, you are safe. You are okay. Everything's all right, Megan, calm down. But I, you know, telling my story as well was, has been very therapeutic for me, like so therapeutic for me. And it's funny because before the first modern femme where we met, I had never told anybody. 
So that's only like two years that I've been telling my story. And it is so therapeutic. And I love that you said that you had to tell yourself you, you love yourself in the mirror every day. And it, and it may have taken a long time, but it's really important that, that we have that relationship for, with ourselves. Did you see that your life shift once you had that loving relationship with yourself? Yeah, it was a lot more fun. like it was lighter I I know that sounds crazy because I'm not a petite girl but I was a lot lighter there wasn't as much mass on me there wasn't as much not physical mass but emotional mass and Mm -hmm. just everything that we do that helps us live in in integrity with ourselves really helps that and it you know things do I giggle more I, I I enjoy things more I'm much more like if something if something bothers me, I'm able to talk about it as opposed to holding it and holding that mass in. And that's, it's amazing. And it, I don't, I don't do it in a non loving way. I try to be loving. Now I can't guarantee that that's always 100% of the time, but you know, I do try. And that's, that's kind of key is even with other people, not in my household, that it's very important to, to recognize that I can't take all that stuff in with me. I have to leave it back out. And, and that's, it's a tough thing to teach people. I've realized that some of my clients want that gift mm-hmm. and it really stripping away the need to be validated, the need to be loved, the need to be, all of that needs to come from within here, within ourselves. And it's tough to teach people that it's tough to work with them to get to that. Once they, once they get a glimmer of how great that can be, then it's like, Oh wait, Gail, I can't do this anymore because they, they do. They need what they need because that's what they're conditioned to do. Yes. And that's been a struggle for me as well, because through therapy and my own personal development, I'm seeing these areas of my life that I'm like, why do I do this to myself? Right? Like, what am I doing? And this year I decided that I'm going to be very intentional about who I spend my time with because I was spending my time with so many people, whether intentionally or unintentionally, were making me feel really bad about myself. Right? I would leave their presence and feel drained. Or feel like, like, why did I say that? Maybe I should have said this or maybe this or doubting myself. And I'm like, you know what? I don't need that in my life. <laughs> like I don't. I have a lot of people in my life that I truly love to be around. I feel better when I leave them than when I, when I came in their presence. And those are the people I want to intentionally, especially now that I have limited time with school and business and family. Yes. <laughs> yeah. To spend time with. Um, and, and that has so far, and I mean, it's only recording this right now in January, uh, it has been a profound shift already because I feel so much better about myself and not so much because of them, but because I can be me around them. And I would challenge you to also say, I want to be that person that I make people feel this good when they've been around me. That way you're working on you completely 100% of the time. And, you know, that's going to draw more likeness. So when you're much radiant, much more radiant within yourself and saying, I want to be that person for them, all of a sudden, Megan, you're going to, it's going to be like all these great people are going to step into your world. It can't, it can't help but happen. That's the law of the universe. And that will happen to work on, no, now I'm shooting on you. I don't want you to shoot. I shouldn't should, but um, uh, I think that that's a, you know, recognizing that, okay, I want to be around those people. I want to be those people. 
Mm. And consciously making the decision each time to be that person that you admire the most. And, and even in 30-second spurts. Like if we could all be June Cleaver and wear those really great pearls and heels and do all that stuff. Like if we, if we worked on that 30 seconds a day, I mean, maybe eventually I'll wear makeup again, you know, like <laughs> that, but I want to be that person that, that people want to be around because of the same filling up of the light within you that someone can do for you. You can do for millions of women. Yes. Yes. That's my goal. Hashtag goals. I've been working on that. Like when I get into that space of like, what are Megan's needs? Instead of saying, how can I serve? I have to check myself and be like, Hmm, maybe we need to go back to the drawing board with this one. You know, those times where I go to post on social media and it comes from that place of where I want this person to see it because I want them to know this stuff. Instead of being like, I want to post this thing that's going to help help whoever needs it. Right. Um, and it's that distinction. And I love that you made that because I see that in you, you're that, per you're one of those people that makes people feel good when they're around you. Oh, thank you. So maybe if people are listening, maybe my audience is listening. They're like, well, how can I be like Gail? How can, <laughs> like, how can I make people feel good and gush about me the way Megan is about Gail? What, what, steps. I know there's been things that you have been very intentional about doing so that you make people feel that good. I, you know, I, this, it sounds contrived in a way, but I've really just spent time. I've spent a lot of time, like any good athlete will um, work out and train and, and, and practice being better. I've been practicing to be better, a better human. And that's every day. Like I said, like pearls of wisdom, 30 seconds a day, try to be that person that you really want to be, you know, and then, you know, don't catch me when I'm driving. Cause that's not when I am that person. So you're like, Oh, when do you judge the most? It's when I'm driving and the people me are too. on my road. Um, so there you go, people. That's the whole truth is right there. When I'm driving, I'm evil and should never be around other humans. Um, but even then I try to be like, okay, what puts me in the mood to be relaxed when I'm driving? And it's as silly as it sounds, it's being really like you, you mentioned being intentional. It's being conscious of that so that I don't get my blood pressure up, which could kill me. Or, you know, I don't own weapons for that reason because I'm afraid I would use them when I'm driving. And, you know, just all these things that are conscious, it's crazy, but it's conscious decisions not to ram somebody with my car. But every day in communication with people when, when I've got deadlines and I've got things that are going on and people are just, they need to be heard. They need to be made to feel important. And I had a client Thursday night say, how do you validate yourself then? Who does this for you? And I said, I have two mirrors in my office. I have a mirror by my front door. I have a mirror in every, almost every room of my house. I look at myself and I validate myself. You are smart. You are important. You are beautiful. You are strong. You can do this. You need to be there for other people. Be true to your mission. Have you ever seen the video on Facebook of the little girl that's standing in her bathroom mirror and is like giving all these positive affirmations? She's like maybe like four or five. No. Oh, oh my gosh. I have to find this video and share it with you, Gail. Oh, and if I do. find it... I'm going to share it on the podcast uh, show notes too, because 
She is like maybe five or six, if that. She's tiny. Like she's standing on her bathroom counter and she's just going, talking right to herself in the mirror about how awesome she is and how she's totally going to kick butt that day and like all this stuff. She's like so pumped up and I'm like, that is my spirit animal. It's that little girl. <laughs> yeah. Neuro-linguistic programming. NLP. The more we tell ourselves, the more our brains will believe it. The more that your, brain, your brains believe it, the more you're going to be it. Goes both good and bad. So when we do the bad self-talk, that's exactly what's going to happen. So the more good self-talk we're doing, the better we're going to be as humans. And it just works that way. That's how the body is, the brain is wired, literally wired that way. So be nice to yourself. Be kind to yourself. And, and I think that that helps us as women be better humans. Yes, that's exactly why I do affirmations every morning. Mm-hmm. Every single morning. Uh, I actually have this mala made for me uh, by previous podcast guest, Shelly Peterson. And she actually gave me a video of all these affirmations to say with my mala. So it's even better because it's not even things that I've seen in myself, but that somebody else has seen in me, that they've made these mantras for me. So when I'm saying them, I'm like, there is somebody out there who believes this about me. I need to start believing this too. Yeah. Be kind to yourself, Megan. Be kind to yourself. You know, I always tell, like, I've always told my daughters, like, the world's going to beat you up. Be nice to yourself. Mm-hmm. You to beat yourself up. It's not worth it. Like, there's stuff that's going to happen. There's people going to, you know, my kids are biracial and people are going to judge them and things are going to happen. And, you know, they happen to be tall and gorgeous, but, you know, even then I'm totally judging them because I'm not tall. <laughs> um, and so it's very important. Like that's, it's so if leaving anything to the younger generation is be kind to yourself, be loving. Yes. Well, and you see it a lot because a lot of people who listen to the podcast, not all of them, but a lot of them are entrepreneurs and business owners. Yeah. And you see it a lot. When you're out there in the public spotlight, you are going to get some negative feedback. Like, there is no like ifs, ands, or buts. It's when. When will you get it? Because it's about to come. Uh, and I've, I've had it quite a bit, but I've learned instead of like internalizing that negative feedback, I try to come back at the person with empathy and compassion, right? Yes. You, you tell me that, not that you said this, but I had one woman recently tell me, Swearing does not motivate me. I swear in everything, Gail. I do. It's just a fact of life. Like, this is part of me. It's part of my brand. People, yeah, people can expect it from me. But she said that. And instead of like, I, before, the Megan like two years ago would have been like, oh my gosh, am I doing something wrong? Like, do I need to change what I'm doing? And so I came back and I said, I'm sorry that it doesn't motivate you. Perhaps this isn't the place for you, but I'm sure there is a place that you could find motivation for yourself. And I left it at that. And then I had like five other people like say, not underneath that comment, but say, yeah, this resonated with me so much. I love this so much. I'm like, see, like it's that, but we are programmed, like you said, to actually focus on the negative that it takes five positive interactions to negate every negative interaction you have. So when we're having that negative interaction, we can't marinate it. I tell my clients this, you can't marinate in it. You can't stay in that place, feel your feelings work through them, ask where it's coming from. Is it my shit, their shit, whose shit is this? And then what's my next step? What do I need to do? Right. Um, instead of staying in that place, we all know that person that's held on to something for like 20 years and they're like, why are you still holding on to this? Like, this is like 
affecting your life for 20 years. Why? Um, That's and their journey, though. We don't we, need to own it. Exactly. I, exactly. I think feedback is really good for us. I do. I think that it's um, it's somebody else's viewpoint, mm -hmm. and it's tends to be different than our own, but it's good for us. And I I would say not within 24 hours of a speaking engagement. That's not the time to do it because we work so hard to get prepared and be prepared for speaking engagement. Give me 24 hours and then you can give me feedback, you know, because I'm too emotionally raw at that point. But other than that, I think it's, it's important. You know, we're never going to make everybody happy. Mm -hmm. It's not going to, you know, I cuss, but I don't cuss when I'm on stage. I do my best not to point when I'm on stage. I do my best to not cuss around little children, you know, that's hit or miss. Um, but, but I don't think that defines who I am as a person. I think what my actions do, and I think for any of us, Megan, I think that that's, it, it's, a, it's a sign of opportunity and growth. When someone gives you that feedback, okay, like you said, maybe somebody else will motivate you differently. And that's okay. It's okay. I think it's also the universe's way of testing us, right? Like you've done all this personal development. Let's see how you handle this. <laughs> I really do sometimes think when I hear things that I'm like, the universe is up there saying, okay, Megan, you keep saying you're this like really Zen, like happy, positive person. Let's see how you handle this one. And sometimes I do really well. And sometimes I do really crappy. <laughs> And that's called life and that's a learning engagement and, and that's okay. You know, I feel like we beat ourselves up so much about did I this, did I that, da 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 and I'm like boys don't do that. Oh. Boys never do that. They're like, Oh well it's over, done, done. You know, I'm like, wait, wait, that's like three weeks of processing I've got to do right now. How can they just be done? Like how is this possible? But then I realized I'm like, I need to be more male thought processed, you know, like A is A, B is B. And even to the extent, so I just had a conversation with my daughter. My youngest daughter is, she's, she made 2018. Her intention this year was to be um, very boundary oriented. Like if somebody mm. crossed her boundary, she was giving herself permission. So I'm so proud of her. Today she called and she was really upset because somebody said something I don't even know all these characters. Okay. So just going to put it out there that there was, um, he made a reference about a young singer, rap star, something. And I don't know. Right. So she said, mom, I know you're not going to know any of these characters until she said Beyonce. And I was like, Oh, I know her. Um, <laughs> but, um, she actually, she said it was a group that she'd always, she's been a part of as 117 people. And he made a comment and then she came back at him and she didn't hold back. And it was the first time she wasn't politically correct. And she said, you know, I didn't use bad words and I didn't do anything that, but I let him know my thought process as a woman of color, what was important to me. And she said, and, and I'm just, you know, really burning from it. And I said, that's because it's a change in you. You're having a visceral response. Not that you did something wrong. It's just that you've, you now have to condition yourself to be able to say, I'm not, happy or comfortable with what you just did. And it's going to take process. I said, but sweet baby Jesus, you're doing this at 25. Thank God, because you're not at 50 like I am going, 
did I upset them because I said that? But what about my upset? I don't want to be upset anymore. So it's okay for me to say, I don't like what you did. And Brene Brown, for all of you who know Brene Brown. Oh, love her. Yeah. So there's a leadership program that she's doing that we're doing, we're a part of. And she said it's eight seconds of uncomfortable so that I don't have six months of regret. And so she likens it to this PTA or PTO person asking her to make brownies and she's got seven deadlines tonight to get done, but the brownies are due tomorrow. And, and she's like, so I have to give myself eight seconds to think, okay, can I make the brownies? Do I do this? Because if I say yes, because I want everybody to like me and everything to go right, you know, she said, if I say yes, then the whole time I'm making the brownies, I'm like, she's a skank, she's this, you know, how evil of her to ask me. Instead of saying, give myself eight seconds, let me take a look at my schedule. No, I can't do that. Right now I've got some deadlines. You know, instead of, she's like six months down the road, she's ready to murder Sally for having asked her. And she didn't put her boundaries in place. Yes. So for all of us that, you know, want to be liked, which is, I don't know, everybody, you know, recognize that you have to set your own boundaries. And so anyways, tangent, but I was really excited for Vanessa to have actually been able to utilize her skill set to put a boundary in place and really voice her, her opinion because she hadn't done it because yes. she's always been my little angel. She's always been the class president, the award-winning president of her sorority, like all this stuff, right? Which I'm super proud of, but she's like, but I've always maintained my composure. I've always been politically correct so that it wouldn't hurt the, the school, the sorority, this or that. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, what have I done? <laughs> what have I created? And, and she's like this, I'm, I'm making 2018 my year to set boundaries. And she said one of her best friends, they just had a conversation about how their friendship has been and how it's worked and they love each other dearly. And they were, she was actually able to say on these three occasions, these certain occasions, I needed you to be my friend it had nothing to do with food or that I needed you to be there for me. And you weren't because you were so selfish. You wanted to do your thing. And I was like, wow, how powerful is that? You know, yes. to be in a loving, kind way at 25, mind you, right? I'm, I'm over 50 and feel like I'm just now getting a grip on all that stuff. <laughs> right. Boundaries are so important. I always stress this to my clients and it's something that I work really actively with most of my clients on because we all struggle with it. But I always say you can speak your truth without attacking somebody else's character. Right. You can say what you said offends me. Or like she said to her friend, you know, I needed you to be my friend, but you weren't there for me. That's not saying you're a slut. I hate you. You're awful. Right. That's just saying, this is my truth. This is how I feel. And nobody can argue with you about your feelings. Those are your feelings, right? <laughs> you own them. Yeah. So Gail, uh, we are running out of time. The 45 minutes goes by really fast. Um, and we, we, we talked a lot about all different aspects of relationships here from professional to personal to the relationships with ourselves. And it's been such an amazing conversation. I'm so thankful you've been on. If there's one thing or even a couple things that you would like to leave my audience with when it comes to anything we've talked about, what would you like them to know? First is to honor yourself, be kind to yourself because you're going to be you. And the world will be ready for you when you are all you, 100% you. Um, the second thing is, you know, just 
step by step, take it in practice form. Like there's nothing that you have to accomplish tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Or, um, it's okay to take time to do that. You know, I didn't start a business or do a beauty. Gosh, I've done a lot of things since my kids were 18. You know, I didn't do any of that when they were, when, because they were my number one job and they were my number one thing. I wanted to raise productive citizens who love the Lord. And I did. I mean, that's, I mean, someone told me that and I was like, oh, I can do that. Right. Um, and that was my job. And then when, when they were 18, it's when I finally realized I'm like, I could do some other things. Right. And so that's when I started doing other things. Yeah. So, it's all okay, people. We're going to be okay. <laughs> yes, and everybody, I'm going to have all all the ways people can connect with you in the show notes. And people need to connect with Gail. You need more Gail please. in your life. Like everybody needs more Gail. I love that. That would be great. <laughs> yes, please do. Yes, because Gail, she really is amazing. And this is just the tip of the iceberg of all the knowledge she has. And you, you will feel comforted to be in her presence because she is present with you when you're there. You are the only person in your eyes and she speak, you speak so highly of your children and you know, you are so transparent. I, I adore the, and I look up to you as a mentor in a way, um, for the way you present yourself, because you don't present it like you have all your stuff together. You are willing to share your struggles with other people. Oh, thanks Megan. And I love that about you. I appreciate you so much. Thank you. Well, You're so thank, kind to me. Thank you. <laughs> well, I speak the truth. I'm not just blowing smoke up your butt. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Um, but thank you so much for coming on the podcast tonight, Gail. I really enjoyed having you on. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of the Inspired Women Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, share this out with your friends and family, and join us in the Inspired Women community on Facebook. I'll catch you next week.